Hey, this is Van Velding. I'm going to make this quick. A few weeks ago on Rascals, we said that for each comment on Rascals, we were going to donate some money to Black Lives Matter. Well, well, a few days ago, we made those donations. You can go over to my Twitter, at Van Velding, to see all the receipts for it. It was about $47 that we ended up donating. That really didn't seem like enough, though. So we also donated $47 to a variety of bail funds on Act Blue. We donated to the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, which is a bail fund in Atlanta, Georgia. We donated to a bail fund in Louisville, Kentucky. And we donated to the medical fund for Brandon Sainez, a guy who lost an eye to police violence while he was protesting. So I just want to thank everyone who commented. Uh, it means a lot. And I'm glad that we could do something good in this completely insane time. So without further ado... This is The Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching The Quality of Life. I'm Van Velding, and I rooted for the Exocomps when this originally aired. And I'm Derek. Go Exocomps. <laughs> you ready? Yep. In three, two, one, engage. So we had debate about the opening scene. Like, we couldn't we couldn't settle on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh... Like, I don't, I guess I don't have enough faith in the writers of Star Trek to think that they, um, they had this kind of beard conversation as like a stand in for like the problem at large. Uh, I think yeah. maybe it's good for the scene for sure. Um, Crusher does have kind of like this way where she like ribs on people, which I think is great, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure this is a Chekhov's gun situation or not. Yeah, so this is the final episode of the Jory Has a Beard story arc. Rip. And uh, Dr. Crusher's playing poker with Jordy and Worf and Riker. And she's like, you all have beards. And she's like, it's such a weird <laughs> affectation. And they're I'll, like, no, beards have meaning. No, no, no. She, she said, I never trusted people with beards. Like, I wish you would have said, you know what? I find men with beards kind of sissies. <laughs> like, looking directly at Worf. <laughs> like, oh, damn, Gauntlet Throne. But she, she calls it an affectation. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> that's our Geordie pointing at things meme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, and they're like, it's not an affectation. Boards have symbolic meaning and virtues and they're they're deep and stuff. And Dr. Crusher hits him with the f***ing, the stunner. It's yeah. like, yeah, but only men can have yeah. beards. And putting, putting aside the, the, the notion of biological essentialism there. Um. Yeah, like by by giving virtues to something that Dr. Crusher could never do, it implies yeah. she could never have these virtues. You can't I, buy virtue with body hair. I mean, clearly what she needs to start doing is, is like, oh, well, lipstick is a sign of intelligence. You guys didn't know that? Like, yeah, uh, you're all a bunch of idiots because you're not wearing lipstick. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 it's just makeup. Is it? Are you sure? Riker, I know, I know there was a, a gentlemanly pause in that. Yeah. I always imagined you guys a brunette, but that could have been a longer pause, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, what do we I all, do? We brunette. All, <laughs> oh, I mean, mm, we all know Crusher. We all know Crusher's in your holodeck spank bang, man. Like, you just need to chill. Yeah. So, um, and then because status quo is God, like the episode ends. But, um, like, I, it is an interesting argument, which I think ties into the. Um, you know, androids can't be sentient argument of this episode. Uh-huh. Like, wait, is this yeah. another episode where they're like, senior stack to the bridge? 
And it's like, what was happening? It's our routine senior staff to the bridge. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is only itinerary, what? No, guys. see here, Worf, Worf didn't have a good hand. So he like double tapped his comm badge and he has an app that has <laughs> that has Picard like do like a, a, a call senior staff to the bridge, but only in one room. So uh, yeah, he was, he, that, that was totally a Worf thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no emergency here. <laughs> This was Worf shenanigans. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, hey, Picard, I need you to, uh, I don't know, like say some real stuff. Uh, it's important. <laughs> but but the notion of, of these virtues, even going down to, say, having sentience or having the respect to do a life form, um, that that is somehow tied to, you know, being synthetic or mechanical or not synthetic or not mechanical that our entire crew here has cell privilege, except for data. Yeah, um, I think ties into the whole beard conversation. I mean, maybe I can definitely see it. I kind of on the fence, but look at this. Like, uh, you know, he Jordy came in here hot. Like the first thing he said to this doctor is like, "This is BS. Five hundred units of blah blah blah." And then, you know, this conversation they're having right now. He's like, "Listen, I, you know, he's like, hey." Oh, are you the one making this sign factor on this? Like, oh no, I'll give my report to Picard. Okay, cool. It's like, well, we need to do 500 units and then him getting upset. But it's almost like it's backwards. And it's frustrating that they have this tension, they build it up, and then they, it just evaporates at the end of this episode, which is really, really goofy. Yeah, like she has a new technology, which is, I guess, a space elevator, but made with energy, which, yeah. I don't know, why not? Sure, why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you put a little bit of, like, a, a set of tractor beam emitters every couple of hundred meters and, you know, maybe. But whatever. It's 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 a particle stream. Sure. Why the f*** not? Yeah. Mining. It makes the ores go. And it makes the ores go. Like, the fact that, uh, oh, blinking red lights that do nothing. We get to see that again. Their triumphant return has yeah. been a while. Um, <laughs> so, like, the project's going bad and the Federation doesn't want to go, doesn't want to throw good... I don't want to say money, but good resources after bad. Well, I mean, um, we don't really know. We All we know is there's just some deadline for whatever reason. And I'm like, I don't see yeah. that deadline. Like if, if they're like, hey, listen, we want to create this mining. Um, we want to create this like mining whatever on this planet. And it's like, yeah, well, I need a couple of months. Like what's wrong with them waiting a couple of months? Like what on what world does it matter? Like we don't really I don't really see that in a post scarcity society. Yeah, like the the conceits, the the context of this episode is very capitalistic. Where it's like, look, yeah. we have we got to ship units, we got to do things. You're over budget, you're over time. Right. We got to ship the particle stream <laughs> output <laughs> to to our customers. We 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 put out the ad campaign already. What are we gonna do? Yeah, we put out the ad um, campaign. They always put out the ad campaign first. The bastards. So like the the argument against like a post scarcity utopia is everybody has their needs met. Somebody wants to do anything. So. It just doesn't get done. There's no sense of urgency. And you need the artificial urgency of jobs and ship dates and production quotas. Yeah, which is always which has always been bullshit, if you ask me. To motivate people. And I'm not here to adjudicate that. But <laughs> That's what, what I'm here to say is that, um, you know, you can have a scenario whereby the Federation's like, yeah, sure, the make a particle thought, whatever. Here's, you know, yeah, your report says you can do it in one years for 100, let's just say, aggregate... Uh, resource value of 10 hundred quatlus and so you go and you're you spend the 10 hundred quatlus you get a year 
and it's not done. And you're like, okay, so we had some problems. I made a sentient life form to help us work, help us <laughs> yeah. do it. And so I mean, a, I mean a drone. I mean a tool. Yeah, just a tool. We made, we made tiny robot brains, uh, <laughs> but not a particle fountain. So what are you going to do? We need more. <laughs> yeah. And so the Federation's like, well, it's a good project. You seem smart. All right, let's do it. And so this continues until the Federation's like, what the f***, lady? And they <laughs> but, send the Enterprise over there, and they're like, Enterprise, we have, this lady. But we have a whole ship. You know. We have a whole ship of just nerds that are just doing whatever nerds want to do. And they get, like, vague orders from Starfleet, and that's fine. So why wouldn't it be fine for, like, hey, listen, um, she's really innovating, like, mining drone techniques are we worried about like an ancient mining drone situation not for at least like two or three eons it's like, all right, well let's well let's uh let's try this new thing out and i mean i think that's fine and if she says like hey listen i can't my deadline like i don't my project isn't to a part where i would call it done in time for new planet mining operation okay so what like I mean, the galaxy doesn't have a like a a a, a dearth of planets to mine. Like, just the, when the next one rolls around, your project will be ready. Like, who cares? Yeah. Well, I, I think it might be more intent, and I'm definitely reading this into the episode because yeah. you make you make a fine point. Like, Federation has plenty of resources. Just keep doing low level mining research until you know you reach a mining breakthrough. Who gives a crap? Yeah. Uh, like, there's no, there's no time pressure on this. Right. So. By inference, um, without delving into like the purely capitalist system of yeah. timetables and ad rollouts, then uh, then we have to go. Well, maybe they're just worried that she's running a mining project, so she can be the lady that's running the mining project, and she's slipping the resources we're giving her, whatever they are, oh, to like bring you under the table. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, like, remember the episode where Riker was accused of sexual assault and we did a Roshamon and they had the Krieger waves <laughs> and they're yeah. like, Hey, you're not going to sell the Krieger waves to the Ferengi or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like the Enterprise is rolling up to check, Hey, we're going to, we're going to shine some sunlight onto this project. Get an external eyes on it. See what's up with it. Are you really this stupid? Is your project really this ambitious? Yeah. You really have this many freaking problems. Uh, why did you make so many intelligent robots? Uh, <laughs> Why are you? Why are you giving them labor rights? Like what? Um, are yeah. negotiating rights? Uh, but yeah, are, are you using our resources intelligently? You know, just just get it done, lady. Um, and I, I think you know that the imposition of the capitalist system, as far as we see it in this episode, is at odds with our story about the rights of the exocomps. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and by the way, how cool are the exocomps? I like I like the copper aesthetic of them a lot. Like it's really uh, it's really neat. You know, I, I recently learned that like copper has like this am- antimicrobial uh, property to it, which I didn't realize. But like it, I, it basically like um, low key ionizes uh, viruses and like destroys them, so they couldn't. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, neat. That's, I didn't know that. So, and I, there's a reason. There's like some dude who's like, man, I really wish we would have more copper in hospitals and no one listens to him. But yeah, anyway, I, uh, I like the aesthetic it, a lot. Um, it is interesting you mentioned that because I think my understanding of the mechanism of copper as a disinfectant is that it uh, it, it takes cells apart. Yeah. It rips them apart. Yep. Um, which is fascinating symbolically for exocomps, which are completely non-threatening. <laughs> And they have adorable little feet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I do like it is kind of it kind of throws me off that they have feet but also like float. <laughs> like I'm like, ah! like did we? Yeah. Like I, I like I would think of like some landing gear for sure, but like um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to be simple. You have to be able to attach wires to it. You want to float because it's the future. Yeah. So, like, retractable feet would be cool. I like this concept right here of just, like, a, yeah. a, a, like a job-specific minimum-use replicator. Like, I like that. Like, the, the notion is, like, oh, well, um, what you can't use a replicator. We need a ship level of resources. Like, well, what if you did a replicator but it only had some specialized functions? Like, oh, okay, well, then that makes sense. Like, no biology. Yeah. It only does mechanical stuff. Yeah, like, Star Trek has so many unreconciled technologies. It's great. Whenever, like you pointed out with the hollow communicator a while back, um, Star Trek's going to do a hollow communicator, but they could have done it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's like cool whenever they put all these these disparate technologies that are made to fulfill these narrative functions together. Um, eventually, these people are going to reach the singularity, Derek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah well, with any hope. Just One a whole goddamn bunch, exocomp just, Yeah, time. yeah, basically. It's just a, whole, a, a human with a whole bunch of exocomps just glued to it. <laughs> <laughs> They become a swarm, but they're all exocop size. <laughs> yeah. You just make everything Person bigger. Person squeezes into a, a corridor that's slightly too short for the exocomp, so they, they can't get them. It's <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, listen, uh, I know you got to do the recommendation thing, but I need you to do some other things as well, because I got a pitch. Like, what is this, Shark Tank? Like, come on, like, you're supposed to be working on the particle phone. What's the deal with this, like, exocomp thing? Um She's yeah. like, oh, well, listen, my technology really wasn't well designed, but I created this robot that can basically spackle, <laughs> spackle those holes uh, with, with just kind of anything that's needed. So I feel like it's fine. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would be on your side, except for the fact that she's basically an astronaut going, fun NASA, remember Tang? <laughs> <laughs> Picard's like, what are your thoughts, Dan? He's like, I don't know. Uh, machine <laughs> machines that can just uh, do whatever they want. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's viable. All right, Dan, let's get to work. <laughs> I like that Picard's like. So what? Exocomps? Data? Is it cool? All right. Well, I agree. That's cool. Picard maneuver. Let's, let's move forward to that. That sounds great. Executive decision. Goodbye, Picard. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, great team. I have led. Tell them in. <laughs> yeah. Um. Whatever, like I don't, I give, I give fewer craps about the wrapping around this episode than I do packing peanuts. So yeah, because because it's packing peanuts, Derek. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I like the idea of the exocomps that they're intelligent and they have these little functions and they're certainly uh, clever. I like the visual design. They're cluttered, but yeah. it's a brain in a can. So yeah, like, it, it's a it brain can with a little like nozzle at the end. So yeah, when people look at the exocomps and go, that's not intelligent, um, you know, you have to believe that there's sophistication lurking under the surface there. Yeah. Um, well, and it's just like the the notion that, like, you can look at something, determine something's intelligence. I love just, like, some of the acting here is good, like, with the prop. And it's just like, uh, he's like, yeah, no, I've been able to do a whole bunch of stuff with these exocomps. Hey, exocomps, go down to this, like, fire hole and fix the fire. And he's like, nope. <laughs> not doing that <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude it is dangerous in there <laughs> i don't know if you guys know this but i'm gonna die if i go in yeah and i like that the exocomps here are definitely more of an r2d2 
than a goddamn BB-8. Because yeah. fuck BB-8. Just yeah, yeah. Ah, goddamn rocks everywhere. Goddamn BB-8 is the worst fucking thing. I love this he's, extra. He's, just, he's like, oh, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it can fly, can't it? Yeah, whatever. Let's yeah. just... Sure, okay. Um, so, <laughs> like, BB-8 is just, like, the worst thing. It's he's like this little little toyetic fuck. He yeah. is just, like, designed to look good. He does nothing for the plot. Right. There was somehow an internet debate over whether... BB-8 is it he or not? Which is just the stupidest wow, really? thing. I was not aware of this. Oh yeah, no, no. Good for you. Stay <laughs> off Twitter. And like, it just—he just such a stupid piece of shit. He does nothing. He exists to be tinier and cuter than the robot before. I mean, he exists for merchandising capabilities, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, he's just such a piece of shit. I feel like a dung beetle rolled him onto and off of the set every day because the <laughs> dung beetle knows how to roll shit. Yeah, and I oh, just. Damn. Nailed I just it. hate BB-8 so much, and D Zero can die, <laughs> and, and and D Zero, the cuter, smaller droid, can just die in a fucking fire. Yeah. God. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not enough to have one robot that you can merchandise. You got to get two. Um, one for every so show. I, I like this. I like this. He's like, ah, she's shaking her head. She's like, wait, what's what's going on? I thought I thought you were ready for like mass scale. It's like, nah. Uh, after a while, they start asking questions and like they're kind of sentient, and we just wipe them. <laughs> we just wipe them after that. It's useless. Yeah. Like, like, is uh, it useless? <laughs> <laughs> they grow, develop. The, they grow, they develop, they become less obedient. Eventually, we race them against each other when they can't be done anymore. <laughs> yeah, we put them down. yeah. Some of the guys, <laughs> some of the guys down in injuring fight each, fight them. Like they fight them and take oh, yeah. bets. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, I think like this is such a like ethical. Th- well, this is such a thing. <laughs> like this is so Silicon Valley. It's not even crazy. Where it's like she gave, yeah. just gave her a pitch to like uh, Picard. It's like, oh man, I'm, I think we're done with the experimental phase. There are no problems with the exocoms. We're ready for the large scale. And it's like, alright, okay, cool. Let's go do some things. It's like, ah, oh, broke. Oh, okay, well, let's fix it. It's like, ah, oh, nah, this one's useless. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they me? cost five. <laughs> Can you do a factory reset? There's no factory. <laughs> Got us. I just <laughs> these things cost five hundred quatlus a piece to make. They have a shelf life of about two months before they yeah. start getting rowdy. Right, but we are ready. We are ready for a large expansion. Uh, I could, I, uh, uh, I, I would like put, you know, easily make five hundred of these units. Say, like, cool. Where's your factory? Oh, we don't have a factory. Uh, we just have a room, and they. F- <laughs> 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 Wait, what? I mean, no, no. Don't get me wrong. They're not sentient. They just can reproduce. <laughs> They're intelligent. They solve problems. They eventually refuse to listen to us. <laughs> this is all. This is all legit. And everyone else around the table is like, "Yeah, that's legit." I like that Data walks so hard. Yeah. Everyone turns. Yeah, he like he didn't stop, but he walked with an extreme amount of purpose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, computer, pr- play Pretty Woman. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Is he playing? Pretty? It's dancing. <laughs> it knows Pretty Woman. And so this is kind of neat that it has logs too, right? Like everything has logs. Yeah. Right, right. You have records. You should log things. I agree. Um, and he, now our real episode starts, which is about right. in time. Um, yeah. Because this particle fountain isn't done on schedule plot, wasn't getting us anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so like it's like, hey, look, uh, so what's the deal with this interface? Ah, it burned out. Okay, cool. Um Oh, the Exocomp burned it out. Oh, weird. And when did it repair it? It's like, oh, two hours later. He's like, well, why did it do that? It's like, yeah, we don't we don't have those kind of logs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I throughout this episode we understand that the exocomps. Well, not throughout, but we learn pretty quickly the exocomps are intelligent. Yeah, and they can't communicate with us though, which is so cool. I mean, communication in Trek is always kind of a conceit, so I have no problems when they throw it out the window. Yeah. Don't micromanage Jordy. Let her take her break, dude. Like she's allowed an hour break at the very least. Let her have her tea, Jen. Yeah. That particle fountain's just one big room, dude. They don't have a lounge like this. Let her yeah. let her unlock. Yeah, so she, she sleeps by the red thing that does nothing. Yeah. And so so now they're having the whole like this is how that conversation probably could have started too, where it's just like, hey, yeah, you know, um, like, hey, I'm getting to know you, that kind of stuff. And then like, we start going over your designs and there are some problems, but like, this doesn't like, uh, I guess we're supposed to show like, hey, Jordy's not being an ass. Like this was just, he was doing his engineering talk and it was fine, but I just, I don't buy it. Like she, yeah. I guess we're like characterizing her a little bit, like as just being an ambitious scientist. So, yeah, and, like, we, we understand, you know, kind of who she is and how much this means to her. Like, how absolutely motivated she is. Yeah. Um, it's like, listen, it's the, it, I would do anything to make sure the particle fountain. I will kill, I will create and kill an entire species. <laughs> Hold up, this tricorder sure. says you've already done that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, one of the little things that we've talked over, that we've skipped over, is that Worf actually has, like, Tai Chi classes that he does in the morning. Yeah. Um, including Troy and, I, and Crusher yeah, and Terry Cloth bathrobes. Yeah, I loved uh I loved that Crusher's like, I almost had you. I almost freaking had you. Don't lie. Um <laughs> I like I, I like that. I like that she's just like she's just unintimidated by this kind of like macho male sort of culture insert in like in places. Um Yeah. And then Data had to know, like, if Data wanted a definition, like, he could, like, computer, Merriam-Webster, what is life? And he's like, ah, here's the definition for life. He's like, ah, that's not good enough. And he's like, oh, well, I need something to test a hypothesis. And it's like, you're coming, to, you're, you're stumbling on a question that I don't know if it is answerable, um, mainly because the only people you can ask have, like, a bias. <laughs> you You want to know the law, you can read the law. Yeah. Um, if you want to know if something's illegal, you need to ask a judge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dr. Crusher is de facto one of those judges. Yeah, I guess so. So, you know, Data is is asking, I think, a salient question to the right source here. Oh, well, yeah. This is um, like, uh, I think, Metaphysics 101, you know, what is life, uh, kind of like the, the fire argument and then the... Um, you know, I love this. It's like, yeah. but I don't, I don't reproduce. It's like, yeah, but you're unique. It's cool. We accept you is the problem. <laughs> like, <that's>, <laughs> like yeah. we're, we're cool with calling you alive. So that makes you alive, man. It's fine. <laughs> so what are your real specifications for <laughs> intelligence then? Ooh, exactly. Uh, specifications. It's such a hard term. If, if there is another synthetic life form that I thought was alive, what would the benchmark be? <laughs> Oh, no, you're a robot. Robots can't make that kind of decision. Yeah. And so it's like, well, we, we, we grant you the award of sentience just because we decided that's a good idea. Yeah. We collectively decided that. And Data's like, upon what basis? And she's like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Come again? What? What basis? <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't really, we didn't really, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like, on the one hand, you know, like, did you come from casting or from the prop department? Yeah. Um, 
And it's like, well, <laughs> that, that seems to be the, the qualification that we've set up. Yeah, here. exactly. Um, because because we put pain on you, that means that you're sentient. Um, <laughs> but that exocomp, yeah. like that was made by a dude, 100%. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Data is the exceptional member of a minority because yeah. this is a minority story. Uh, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've explicitly said that, but like it's a story about minorities being given respect for like human rights or civil rights or just any respect due something that's alive. Right. And everyone on the enterprise is like, "Ah, I don't see it. I don't see where they've earned that. I don't don't think that works. Yeah. Data, who's a synthetic, who's like the accepted member of that minority group is like, actually, no, I, um, they deserve rights. They deserve to be respected. <laughs> it's like, uh, here, here we get, here we go. The synthetic SJW added again. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. They're like, Oh, data, just because you're a synthetic who has to exist within a world dominated by organics. And you just want to see life form and all of the other synthetics because yeah. it reminds you of you because you're so lonely and don't belong in our society. <laughs> Cause you're not human. You never will be. <laughs> um, this is why, uh, synthetics will always be inferior to organics. Yeah. And so here she is, like she shows up and like, like, okay, like imagine if you're an inventor and you're like, yeah, man, I feel like I, I slapped like a deep learning neural network on this like screwdriver and like it can change out Phillips heads and stuff. And then like some other guy says like, hey, man, um, the way it's swapping out these tools, I think it's more as code. I think it's trying to tell you something like what? Like my screwdriver is alive. Yeah, I think so. I think you accidentally created a, a screwdriver that's alive. That's dumb. that's dumb, and it's like if you yeah. if you invented a thing that accidentally intelligence, like wouldn't you be happy about that? Like, come on. <laughs> I, I mean, but not she, not whenever it's it's hurting her work. Now she made it to fix her work, and now it doesn't. Yeah, and it's just super inconvenient to address these guys' rights and give them. <laughs> Listen, 40-hour work listen, weeks in healthcare have, and living wages, man. If, it's going to really hurt the productivity of the particle. Factor. Listen, this is this is a problem that I think about the first day when I – the first time when I wake up and then the, the it's the last thing I think about when I go to sleep. It's so important <laughs> to me and I'm not going to be able to afford like my gold-plated mansion on Celeron 5 if this project doesn't go through. And you're telling me I have to lower my productivity because these robots happen to be alive? Like I have to give them rights or labor union or <laughs> – pay them or, or like sick leave that's bs yeah. so and she we, she just describes a super dark phenomenon where an yeah. exocon just vaporized itself and she's like what was it suicidal <laughs> depressed? was it sad about being a slave <laughs> they have a rich in her life that i was suppressing like damn girl like, you do like, like it's like, like it's, you you yeah. monster yeah that's like, a response to that <laughs> You hate, to, you hate to see, like, one of the people that you work with just have really uncomfortable opinions about shit. <laughs> <laughs> the time I made one create a sex tool, you were saying that was assault? I'm like, oof, lady, you should probably stop talking. What about the time? No, no, you should just stop talking. She has, like, a log. He's like, oh, no, I got a thousand of these. One time Jensen took an exocomp and, like, to the with And, like, that one decided to just blow up. You're saying that? That's because, like, it blowed up because it felt violated. That's stupid. Why is this file called, this would be really f***ed up if the exocomps were alive.pdf? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> uh, um, 
So yeah, so, but but they are taking it seriously though. Yeah, I mean, um, so they are going to test it in, in a way. Thing. Well, no, see, they were taking it seriously, and then Jordy's like, "Okay, listen, you're saying that the last exocomp like didn't want to do a thing because it thought it might die. What if we try to kill one? <laughs> what if we tried to kill it again? Then would you, would that be a good experiment? I'm like, whoa, Jordy, what a what what kind of like stupid sea level conversation is this, man? <laughs> like." And then, like, we kind of get more context that, like, okay, so I guess they're going to, like, control a situation in such a way that all of the sensors say that the exocomp's about to die. I was like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. Also, you know, props to Plasma Cascade. I remember that term. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I like they're just like, yeah, let's just simulate the thing again. Assume it's too stupid to understand it's a test. And then, uh... Assume it's smart enough to see through the test, but not smart enough to understand that it is a test that it wants to pass. Yeah. Um, and, and why don't we just send some emails to some like technicians and philosophers? I know Bruce Maddox. I sent him diary. <laughs> let, let Bruce Maddox weigh in. A situation we thought we'd never hear someone say. Yeah. Um, like just. <laughs> yeah, because like, and and this uh, is kind weird. of like it's small. It does like the little beep boops. You know, like it has those little flippers that it's like beam, burm, beam, burm. And so it's yeah. cute. And when you say like, oh, it might be alive. Like, I don't know what kind of alive we're talking about. Are we talking about yeah. like dog alive? Are we talking about like bird alive? Are we talking about human alive? And, you know, so to that end, I don't know how conclusive this test is because we did just kind of like a uh, it either exists or it doesn't kind of premise but I mean, there are like large gradients of whether or not something's alive. And if you made like a, you know, hey, can this? Uh, what was it? Uh, I read something about horses the other day. If a horse doesn't want to work, um, it will hold its breath um, while the human's putting the saddle on, and then once it walks away, it'll like let its breath go. So like the saddle falls off, and the human falls <laughs> off when it tries to mount it. And so, like, you always have to, like, double tighten, like, your saddle because of that fact. Like, even horses recognize, like, man, working is... <laughs> like... Yeah. Like, so, I mean, like, you, you, you have to make sure you te- test the thing that you want to test, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there are a lot of levels of, of living and sentient and sapient um, yeah. that we don't really test for. So, uh, yeah, so- and, and I like the Picards, like, this was time well spent data. Yeah, and I think it's good. And then also, like, Data, um, nobody cares, firstly. Like, nobody cares about yeah. Data's experiments. And the fact that, like, anyone, let alone Crusher, comes down here is like, oh, yeah, um, Riker told me he'd still be down here. I'm like, you really see he doesn't sleep? Like, while you're all sleeping, he does this kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so, he's like, oh, I like I thought- it, yeah, I mean, I like it. I mean, it's good. He's like, yeah, no, I'm really curious about this whole kind of thing. Uh, something doesn't uh, live, something doesn't sit well with me. I wouldn't say it's like an intuition or a gut feeling, but it's a gut feeling. Yeah, and I like that Data is, in his own way, emotionally invested in this. Yeah. Um, his but, Data emotions are invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his He doesn't have emotions. He has algorithms. His, his algorithms are invested in this. Yeah, and he's experiencing, you know, empathy. Uh, and loneliness and clearly these things are influencing his decision yeah um i also like again that there's this messy component to data's test being interrupted that gives him 
Yeah, um, and that's kind of like fits like the mythos of just kind of like all of these discoveries that happen by accident or because of like human life like came in the way or whatever. Which uh, yeah. sometimes, if you dig deeper, isn't really true. But you know, I mean, it's a, it's good narratively speaking. One of the things that I like about this is that Data and Jordy are like, well, okay, technically we should try this out. And so they do technically try it out. Like, okay, well, fail the test. Let's go. And which is kind of like Joe Biden, like trying to do like healthcare. <laughs> well, well, no, we, we've definitively tried it and then, and we never have to try it again. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, okay, well, that was a test that we performed and it failed. So let's just continue on trucking. <laughs> uh, you know, th- this is, this is my ideological obligation under uh, the schema to which I uh, am subscribed. So yeah. we're done. But yeah. um, they, they immediately nope out. Um, yeah. And so, like, the, the emotional investment in this is, uh, it's on the one hand corrupting. Like, it is influencing yeah. Data's behavior to see things that may or may not exist. Right. But it is also driving him to remove all doubt. Well, talking about, like, your cell- cellular privilege as well, it's almost as yeah. if Data needed some kind of multicellular organism to also agree with him uh, for him <laughs> to be, like, taken seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And then, technically, Crusher is kind of a senior member of the staff, right? She'd tell Picard what to do. So, um, I mean, medical staff, I don't know how that tracks, but I mean, Data's about to make a play again, and um, now he's got Crusher on his side. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the thing, is that he sent it down, the test got interrupted, and the exocomp came back without him yeah. telling it to. Yeah. So it's like, maybe the exocomp realizes that this was a test this whole time? Yeah. So we've all, you know, like, we, you know, we already kind of started, like, there's all there's that little conversation already poked a little hole in our whole like we need to do this right now narrative, but then things started blowing up. Um, yeah, and then like it's kind of funny to me that like if imagine if you lived on this station and it just like it was common to have these explosions <laughs> that just rocked the whole thing. Like, wouldn't that tell you that you're just not ready? Like, you're just not ready to do stuff if like. You have to go to red alert like every other day. Yeah. Like you don't have to push this fast. That's not a virtue. I mean, <laughs> it's a virtue if you're the CEO of Particle Fountains Inc., which she yeah. apparently is. Yeah, of course. Um but like you don't need to like make this recommendation by fall of, of twenty three sixty I'm feel like an asshole, twenty three sixty nine or whatever. <laughs> um Nice. Because I, I know I got uh, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just trying to like guess what year it. it was. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah. So anyway, but like that's if they're just like make the particle fountain, make it safely. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, like so I mean, if then, we care so much about life, I would assume that we care about like doing things like innovatively, but also doing things safely as well. Um. But like this notion like, oh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I'm like, well, you can like gain a thing and venture a thing without putting lives at risk. Like you don't have to, you don't have to have, not everything has to be life and death in order to innovate. Yeah. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. No, you, you can, you can gain by venturing a little bit. You just, yeah. You can sensibly venture. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I ventured the, the livelihood, the uh, health and well-being of the people who work under me all the time. Yeah, she killed that dude. And to meet what <laughs> schedule? Like, that dude died. Yeah. I mean, for what? Yeah. For yeah, what? 
Um, so I mean, this is uh, this is kind of neat. A little Picard Geordi problem sesh. Problem I'm, I'm so sesh. sick of seeing Jean Luc Picard at this point. <laughs> but what? Like he's important to Data. Like right after um, Geordi, I can see an argument for Picard being the most important person to Data because they're going to reference their history here in a minute. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know Picard's the one who defended him in the trial. To see oh yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like Jor- was... I thought you meant Jordy and Picard. I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> no, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, like maybe Riker. Riker's had a few scenes where he tried to mentor Data in the early seasons. Yeah, um, maybe Doctor Crusher you could put in there <laughs> yeah. because they they've been talking in this episode, so we kind of get it. Yeah, but. Um, you know, yeah. like the, these two are fine people to put on the line for this. Yeah, Data is so. basically the voice interface of the computer that they really want. <laughs> but yeah, so this is kind of interesting. This is like a problem solving session. She's like, all right, listen, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like my top of mind idea. Let's say we should have photon torpedo epid. Worf, warm up the photon torpedoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're gonna they're testing different things or like torpedoes and. Uh, Shuttlecraft and stuff. It's like, ah, okay, well, we, need to, the we need to disrupt the particle stream very specifically. What happens if we don't disrupt the particle st- stream right? The the whole thing will explode or something. Okay, <laughs> yeah. or you just got to do it this way. Shut up, viewer. Yeah. Um, or like, is there another way to get them out of here without like shutting the particle stream off? Like, can you dampen the particle stream? Can you like somehow get the radiation just out of that one room? Can you do just I don't know a whole bunch of other <laughs> stuff like. But they're like, hey, look, the only the the other option that we have besides torpedo is the exocomps. Oh, you mean the thing that might be like, it's like, oh, your beliefs don't matter, Data. Uh, we're going to totally blow up the, this new species that this doctor created. Well, a lot of stuff is suddenly happening here. Yeah. For Riker, this is Data's religious objections to using exocomps. <laughs> because and Riker's as, like, don't care. <laughs> as far as Riker knows... Um, you know, data's data's failed. Like, there's no empirical evidence that the exocomps are. But I mean, the context of the conver- the context of the experiment wasn't really conclusive, and I would expect people who like routinely do experiments to know that. <laughs> right, and, and you would, you again, you would think they could email some folks and just be yeah. like, you know, maybe maybe we should develop like a complicated thing to a course designed to exocomp tests and show them colors. I don't know. That wide shot of like the exocomps. I just imagine them talking to themselves like, man, this is some bullshit. You know, you know what it is, right? <laughs> Command doesn't know the asshole from the hole in the ground. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. And data's like, I did it. It was me. Yeah. I did. Like, the, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but your jobs are all redundant and I could run the ship on myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Data is, he shut down the transporter so they cannot send the exocomps on a suicide mission to save Picard and Geordi. Classic ethical dilemma. It's it's a trolley problem in a lot of ways. (laughs) Except people just think that the exocomps are pennies and not people. Yeah. And so this is kind of dumb where he's like, what do you mean? Saving life for another life? That's dumb. They're not alive. And it's like, well, you don't know that. Like, and this guy's trying to tell you and you're not listening because you're Riker and you never listen. Well, I, I think this is a great scene where Riker is like, look, our evidence we have so far is they're not intelligence. I'm not here to, like, relitigate tests that were already done on this. I need to make a decision right now. And I need you to, to do the one solution I have to save people's lives. And Data's like, 
the lives I'm saving are exocomp lives. Yeah. Well, on top of that, and he's like, I'm act- I love this. I'm acting on personal beliefs, but I don't see how he could do otherwise. He's like, yeah, man. Like you're talking about, oh, it's a belief. And it's like, and it's somehow kind of trivial or condescending away. I'm like, that's what you all do, you idiot. Like, like you hired him because he's extremely competent, ultra competent. And he has a belief that doesn't coincide with your own. And all of a sudden you're upset. And he's like, oh, well, if there was a way, like, you didn't even ask if there was a way to destroy without, you know, he's assuming that it's his own solution, but he didn't even ask a question about, can we do it without the exocomps? I, I, you know, I, like, th- that's worth kind of delving into. I think, you know, language of television, they, they explore yeah. other options and they wouldn't work. But, like, I, data is like, look, I'm acting on my beliefs. Relieve me of duty, man. Kick me out of Starfleet. Yeah. Like, I'm acting on my beliefs. I understand that they contradict what you need done. Yeah. It will result in deaths. I am willing to deal with the consequences of that. Kirk did that. Kirk did that in yeah. um, Star Trek Four. He stole the Enterprise. Well, three and four. Yeah. Stole the Enterprise, saved Spock, came back home, and stood trial for his crimes. Yeah. He didn't say, I'm so right, you can't punish me. He didn't yeah. say, yeah. I can do whatever I no, want because of my personal beliefs. Yeah. And so, like, Riker, like I, Riker here has this compromise. Like, what if we yeah. uh, explain the situation to the exocomps in such a way that makes them do what we want to do anyway? Is that good enough? And Dan's like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, and it's such a great – it's such a classically Riker move, and he's shaking his head because he doesn't like it. Yeah. But, like, it's a great solution. It thinks outside the box. It solves the problem. It's I mean, such a, it's great a great moment for Riker. It's a good solution if people are acting ethically. It's also a solution that you can say is great, but really use it in a way that like undermines like the people's decision making ability. Like mm-hmm. I think management does this a lot of times, actually. <laughs> and um, there are a lot yeah, of- it can be manipulative. Yeah, yeah. but it, it is. Luckily, it isn't here. You know, because he actually gave data the, the he's the one that's like programming the situation. So data's like, Hey, look, you care about this. You explain the situation to him. Okay. That's good. So then he's like, listen, I give a crap about whether or not I happen to know things. I give a crap whether or not they have intelligence. And he's like, I don't like this superior experience. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> anyway. So, um, but he explains the thing to them. He's like, Oh, listen, um, they actually think that your plan is bullshit and they have a better one. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that Riker's like cons- consent and Data's like informed consent. <laughs> and like that's what happens here is like yeah. once they inform the exocomps, they can consent to a much better plan. Yeah, and they um, accept it. That's the other thing too is that that's the one thing that makes you buy that Riker cares about life is the fact that like these robots who we were worried about whether or not they'll actually like risk themselves, um, yeah. come up with another plan. Like he doesn't know anything about this plan. He has nothing about the stage. Does nothing. He just nope. knows that data said the robot said, um, it's better. And he's like, all right, I'm willing to go with this. Like with lives of Jordy and Picard on the line, these, these robots could just bounce like, ha ha. We trick the, the humans. <laughs> peace out or whatever. Comes right like, into a shuttlecraft. We, we know- take it home. Yeah. Yeah, we built a robot safe. We built a robot safe room that that is safe from radiation. We'll survive this. Um, yeah, but you know they're they're doing their jobs, and so everything's kind of working well. And I was okay, thinking, so good. Jordy and Picard are just standing here, not doing. <laughs> hit some buttons. Yeah. Say that you're modulating the turtle wax feed. He just a- like he asked, <laughs> he asked if he could do something. He said no. He's like, no, it's it's up to them now. It's, this should be mutual, where yeah. humans are doing things to help the robots, and the robots are doing things to help the humans, yeah. so that the fewest of them possible die. It, and I like 
Yeah. It took me a little while to realize that, like, Dana, uh, Jordan was given a play by play. I'm like, how's Jordan able to do this? And I forgot his visor. He can see all this energy going down. Yeah. Um, that's great. Another subtle use of Jordy's visor. Right. And it, I'm always angry. I don't need people to die, but I do yeah. need people to go, okay, there's risk. These people were willing to help each other, and then everyone yeah. survived. Yay. See, I, I, I totally fine. expected them, like, not to be able to, like, bring them on. Like, they're like, all right, let's leave the Exocomps to die. Like, that's kind of what I thought yeah. was going to happen. I do like this. That only two came up of the three because one of them yeah. saved the two, the last two of like their community. Like that, that's a good like switch. Like I didn't expect that, and it was it's oh, a yeah. good it's a good ad. And they were still willing to put their lives on the line to save right Jordy and Picard because I had a hard time believing like oh they're just gonna go down there because the human said so. But okay, like they care about the problems, they fix the problems. Okay, fine, they care about each other. Yeah. Um, and so now we get to like we're wrapping up the episode, and she's just chill now. She's like, "Yeah, <laughs> totally not going to make yeah. the deadline. It's fine." These this is interesting. These tools that I didn't make to be alive are totally alive now. Oh, this is <laughs> this is an interesting problem. I can look into. Like, no, shit, we tried to tell you that before, lady, and you were super mad about it. Yeah. So like, all of our tensions released. Yeah. We, we no longer have this deadline. I guess. You know, like in my model, they just confirmed that she's really dedicated to doing this. She's actually working on the particle fountain. All the books are above board. There's no producer stuff going on here. Yeah. Um, she's maybe roped Starfleet, not Federation, into like another program, which involves the Exocomps. Uh, like, well, no, it's a combined, you know, two programs. Particle fountain program, Exocomp testing program. Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But whatever. And so here we have like kind of this Data and Picard thing. Like, hey, everyone likes Data. So Data and Picard have to have a bond. And it's like, oh man, you've saved me so many times, Picard. I'm like, not. I mean, the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it really, so. it wasn't really like a saving you from a volcano thing. It was like saving Data from our own bigotry. <laughs> yeah. Which again, still counts. Yeah, it still does. Still counts a lot. Um, but then Picard's like, it's the most human thing you've ever done. Like, get back to work, you android. <laughs> it, it really kind of is. Uh, and that's a compliment to Data. That it is an episode where Data has, in, has an intuitive feeling. And he acts emotionally on that. And he uses his own beliefs in contravention of utterly yeah. proven fact. But I mean, and... he does that all the time. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a compliment, but it feels backhanded because... Um, it's like, yes, it's the most human thing you've done. And I know being a human is really important to you, even though you're a human a lot of the times and we never call it out. Yeah. Um, it is, it is, it is an acknowledgement, a rare acknowledgement from the yeah. series that Data has his own version of humanity that he's developing into. I think this episode is a big step on that. I like the exocomps. Yeah, They're, me too. There may only be one exocomp that they split screen, but, um, still like with one, one stupid exocomp prompt is barely articulated. Like I, I don't know I. It's nostalgia talking, probably, but I feel like there's a lot of like nobility and bravery in those little guys saving Picard and Jordy. Yeah, yeah, I like them. I, I think it's kind of cool. And like, um, I, I, you know, for me, they, uh, they kind of represent just kind of. Um, like it's easy to complain about difficult situations, um, but often. Um, the the best course of action is to just accept the difficulty of the situation and do what you can. And um, I feel like they, 
exemplify that. And, you know, you know, they're just kind of like they had like their squat kind of design and they're like, hey, I'm going to do stuff. And they only kind of like nope out when um, it's like, no, 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 that would that would explode. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. So uh, are those your final thoughts on quality of life? Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't I wasn't uh, I, I feel like the, the larger narrative is kind of lost here, like or like the macro narrative where, you know, I don't understand like this kind of fake tension between Starfleet and this doctor's project. Um, and I also think there are some situations in which we kind of undermine, you know, Starfleet's kind of proposed notion that all life is valuable, except when it comes to kind of like life that comes out of machines, then that's different. And um, I think that the, like there are times that I think this is a, an episode that can be fun, but there's some things that I just kind of call bullshit on. And if the things weren't there, I, I I think this episode would have been pretty great. Okay. Sounds cool. It's a good episode. Not great. Good. Okay. All right. That's, that's good. Um, I'm not going to do us a preview for the next episode. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say next week we are going to watch Chain of Command. And until then, remember Rand. Rand. I'll make this short because... Everyone hates credits. Star Trek is property of CBS Television Studios. We are watching Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix. We are talking over Discord. And we are recording and editing on Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. The Beige and the Bold is hosted on Anchor and can be found on most podcasting platforms. I would also like to thank our senior officer Patreons for their support. They also make video editions of this podcast and remasters of old episodes possible. So thank you to Tracker by Moonlight and Miss Jess. If you have any questions or concerns about the show, please contact me at vanvelding at gmail.com or on Twitter at vanvelding. Thank you and remember Rand.